Pastor Xavier Reese says David slew the giant not because of a bigger sword, but because he had a bigger God. David told the men around him, Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Whoa! Nobody dared to ask that question. The shepherd boy rises to the defense of God's honor. Not one of the soldiers, not Saul, but the shepherd boy. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. We ended the program last time with a reference to Psalm 75, 5 and 6, which says, For exaltation comes neither from the east nor from the west nor from the south. But God is the judge. He puts down one and exalts another. And as it happened, today we'll hear all about how God did in fact put down the fierce giant of the enemy of Israel, Goliath, by using and then exalting the lowly shepherd boy David. Pastor Xavier is just at the beginning of our character study series of David with the conclusion of today's Simple Truth Study, David Part 1. We begin in 1 Samuel chapter 16. The first thing we note is that David was the son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite. In chapter 16, verse 1, it says, Now the Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill your horn with oil, go, and I am sending you to Jesse, the Bethlehemite, for I have provided myself a king among his sons. In verses 6 through 10 of 1 Samuel 16, God allowed all seven of the sons of Jesse to pass before Samuel, only to reject them all. Teaching Samuel that man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. Verse 7. God saw all these young men, and nothing wrong with them, but they just weren't the ones. In verse 11, God had Samuel to ask if there were any others, to which Jesse responded that there was one more. The youngest who was keeping the sheep. <laughs> and I can imagine the tone. Well, there's one more. I got a youngster out there. He's taking care of the sheep. But, you know, it's okay. Send for him. So he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy, with bright eyes and good looking. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him. For this is the one. And so David was anointed in verse 13. And the Spirit of God came upon him from that day forward. One commentator points out that the occupation of a shepherd was usually allotted in eastern countries to slaves, the females, or the despised person of the family. It kind of just brought a different light to this passage that I never saw before because not only was Jesse not expecting David to be the one, but Samuel was looking to the others. They must have been despising David to an extent. And yet David, as we look to his life, he didn't think much of himself. And yet God had his hand upon him. His spirit came upon him from that day forward. What a beautiful picture of, of God's grace. To take the things that are despised to confound the things that are mighty. As 1 Corinthians one twenty seven says. David the shepherd. Secondly, we see David as the minstrel player 
an armor bearer. When you get to chapter 16, verse 14, David was being groomed for the throne by God, and he didn't even know it. But the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and a disturbing spirit from Saul troubled him. The Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and a distressing spirit from the Lord troubled him. God is in this entire picture. I just wonder how many things God is in that we think He's not in. <laughs> We're positive He's not in. And He's part of it. The Lord had already made known to Saul through Samuel that God was already seeking and had in fact sought out a man after his own heart in 1 Samuel thirteen fourteen after he disobeyed and offered sacrifice. Notice it was God through Samuel who used the phrase a man after his own heart. So Saul already knew. Now notice secondly in verses 15 through 20, David was brought to the mind of Saul's servant to minister unto Saul by God. But he did not know about it. Now God is all in this, but no one knows anything about it. <laughs> Verse 15, the interesting thing to note is that the servant knew that Saul was being troubled by the distressing spirit from God. He knew it. And he told Saul. In verse 16 and 17, the servant advised Saul to seek out a skillful player on the harp or a lyre to bring some relief to him. And so Saul commanded it so. And then in verse 18, one of his servants then recommended David, the son of Jesse, who he described as qualified for the task. He says, first, he was skillful in playing, a mighty man of valor, a man of war, a man of prudent speech, a handsome person, a person who the Lord was with. Incredible qualities. Now again, who brought this to mind to these servants? God did. You remember Joseph was trying to get out of prison and he gave the interpretation to the baker and the butler. And he says, now don't forget me when you get back there. And not till two years later, the butler said, oh, you know what, I, I, I remember my faults and there was this guy and God, God's in control. Now notice thoroughly that David through his service of playing his harp to relieve Saul was promoted and honored to bear Saul's armor. So David came to Saul and stood before him and he loved him greatly and he became his armor bearer. Then Saul sent to Jesse saying, please let David stand before me. For he has found favor in my sight. And so it was whenever the Spirit from God was upon Saul that David would take a harp and play with his hand. Then Saul would become refreshed and well. And the distressing spirit would depart from him. Notice David came and stood before Saul in verse 21. And he loved him greatly. And he became his armor bearer. The love of Saul was based on his own benefit received from David's plane. The promotion was in view that David was no threat to him as of yet. He just saw this young boy and young and seems to help him out in this condition and kind of nice guy to be around, respectful. And um, I think I'll promote him. But promotion doesn't come from the east or the west, but it comes from the Lord, Psalm 75, 6-7 says. Once again, God is in this. He's in control. I was um, 25, almost 26. Trudy was um, pregnant with 
there first. And I had just um, finished um, college. And I was working at this place, meanwhile, over here, Johnson Pump in Glendora. And they make big sub pumps for, you know, Saudi Arabia and different water pumps for oil and everything else, huge things. And um, I was there about a couple of weeks. They started bumping people off. And here I was. I had a BA. You know, I had my own business before. I had run computers, done different things and everything else. And here I am grinding pipes. And uh, all of a sudden, I get the word they're bumping people, and I'm out. So I asked the guy, well, what else do you have? And what can you do? He says, well, I only have one more job. I have a job where you can sweep. And I thought, I said, almost 26. Got a BA. Push a stinking broom. I said, well, where's it at? You know, I've got a wife. She's pregnant. I only swept for about an hour. One of the bosses from the uh, well shop came to me, and he uh, wanted to know if I was interested in this expediting job that they, this man had been there for 20 years and he was going to retire. I wanted to consider taking it. No coincidence. God's in control. But again, God wanted to see my heart. Am I willing? Promotion comes from the Lord, not from man. And if you're honest, if you work hard, if you walk with God, you won't lack. doesn't promise to make you rich, but you won't lack. You won't starve. Verse 22, Then Saul sent to Jesse, saying, Please, let David stand before me, for he has found favor in my sight. So it was, whenever the Spirit from God was upon Saul, that David would take a harp and play with his hand. Then Saul would become refreshed, and well, and the distressing spirit would depart from him. At this point, we want to look forcefully that David is the sweet psalmist of Israel. He's declared that in 2 Samuel 23.1. The majority of the psalms are written by David. David is known as the great poet and songwriter of Israel's songbook of praise. David wrote many of them to be accompanied with musical instruments. And they are entitled as such when you first read them. David communicates a heartfelt response to God of joy, sorrow, trials in life. David relates to every experience as a dependency on God. Reminding God's people of His mercies, loving kindness, and forgiveness. Now, I always tell people when they're just... Anxious or uneasy. Get in the Psalms. You want wisdom? Read the Proverbs. You want some peace and confidence and faith? Get in the Psalms. <laughs> so parents, you should be living the Psalms and Proverbs for a good 20 years. David prophesied in many of the uh, Psalms of the return of the Messiah, both his first coming and his second coming. They're called Messianic Psalms. David gave to Israel and the church the songbook of God's people. Many of the old hymns of the church are from the scriptures and the psalms. But they're beautiful. They're great. I love them. Out of the 360 quotations and allusions of the Old Testament in the New, nearly one-third, 112, are from the psalms, appearing in 23 of the 27 books of the New Testament. The sweet psalmist of Israel. But music is a, 
is a very important part of the Christian life and it does bring us and draws us closer to the Lord, particularly when the words are, are focusing on God and relating to God. So David was the minstrel player and the armor bearer of Saul. The promotions from God. The third picture we have is of David, the giant slayer. It brings us to chapter 17. And verses 1 through 11. The first thing we see here is that the Philistines were challenging Israel to a decisive decision. Through the combat of the champion of the Philistines. And one who would fight him from Israel. In verse 1, the Philistines were gathered against Israel at Sukkah in Judah in the Valley of Elah. If you've been to Israel with us, we've gone to the Valley of Elah and you pick up your smooth little stones. There's all kinds around there because it's kind of a valley riverbed type. And um, the two armies in verse 2 and 3 stood facing each other with a valley between them, each in respective sides on the mountains, one and the other. From verse 4 through 7, the champion of the Philistine was a considerable giant in stature. Verse 4 says that he was six cubits in a span in height, about nine feet, nine inches. In verses 5 and 6, his armor on his upper torso and his helmet weighed 156 pounds and four ounces. Besides the coverings on his legs, his staff in verse 7 of his spear was like a weaver's beam, huge old thing. And his iron spearhead weighed 600 shekels, and a shield bearer went before him. The spearhead was about 18 pounds, 10 ounces. That baby hits you, it's not going to stick you, it's going to smash you. <laughs> huge. And so in verses 8 and 9, the champion challenged Israel to come out to fight. And the individual who would win would be the servant of the other. That was the condition. That was the challenge. And so in verse 10 and 11, the champion, Goliath, defied the armies of Israel, but Saul and his men were greatly afraid. The condition of Israel at this point is pitiful. Now remember, God is already dealing with David David is not aware of all that God's doing, but God is working. Saul is trying to hang on to something that does not belong to him, and all he has is fear. And so the scenario is set for God to work. God will work in the most difficult situations, the most impossible situations that we can ever see. And we don't know how it is that He will work. Notice secondly in verses 12 through 19, that the son of Jesse, David, was sent to the camp of Israel to take food to the captains and see how his brethren were doing. And so in verse 12 and 13, the occasion to send David seemed like any other to Jesse. He was completely unaware of God's doing and working. You know, Jesse said, you know, your brothers are up there. Why don't you, you know, take this cheese to the captains and, you know, and, and see how they're doing up there. Again, God is working. David being the youngest, it tells us that he occasionally returned from Saul to feed his father's sheep. And by now it had been 40 days that Goliath had presented himself in the morning and the evening. Verses 14 and 16 tells us. And then David was to deliver the food for the captains. 
Verse 17 and 19, very specifically. And see how his brothers were doing. Now, notice a third thing here. In verse 20 to 39. The shepherd boy rises to the defense of God's honor. (laughs) A shepherd boy. Not one of the soldiers. Not Saul. But the shepherd boy whom he had been training. Very important. In verse 20 and 22, David arrives and uh, he left the supplies there at the hand of the supply keeper. In verse 23 down to 25, uh, David then was, as he was talking to his brothers, Goliath came out to challenge the men of Israel. And the men were also speaking about how Saul would give his daughter to the man who went out there and how he would exempt him, give him a tax-exempt life. Well, that sounds pretty pretty good initiative, huh? Verses 23 and 25. And then in verse 26, David then told the men around him, Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Whoa! Perspective. Nobody dared to ask that question. Except this young, freckle-faced, red-headed kid that smelled like one of the sheep. And so in verse 27 and 29, David sold his brother Eliab heard David and he began to get all over him and David said is there not a cause he says what are you doing coming down here you know you've left those few little sheep so he gets down on him he says get out of here you know how older brothers can be sometimes they know better now at the same time his brother's probably looking out for him because he didn't want him to get hurt but at the same time his brothers knew that God had chosen him not them There's got to be some mixed emotions and thoughts here. Absolutely. And so, David told the men around him in verse 26, Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that you defy the armies of the living God? Now David in verse 30-37 continues with his words and they reach Saul. And Saul sends for him. (laughs) I can see his brother seeing him. What's he up to? They're, they're taking him before Saul. Oh. David's just walking up. No armor. No sword. No helmet. He just dropped off some cheese. And so in verse 32, David volunteers to go out for Israel. David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go out and fight with the Philistine. Whoa. Now you've got to laugh or be taken back. One of the two. At this point. Secondly, verse 33. Saul questioned his ability to defeat the giant. And Saul said to David, You are not able to go out against this Philistine to fight with him. For you are a youth and he a man of war from his youth. And then in verse 34 to 37, David explains how it would be possible because of his early training with God. But David said to Saul, Your servant used to keep his father's sheep, and when a lion and a bear came and took the lamb out of the flock, and I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from the mouth, and when it arose against me, I caught it by the beard and struck and killed it. Verse 35. Your servant has killed both lion and bear, And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. See, 
the perspective is, David is not trying to be some kind of hot shot. David is saying, is there not a cause here? Are we not the people of God? Is the charge and challenge against us or is it against God? Nobody had thought about that. Moreover, said David in verse 37, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, He will deliver from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. (laughs) Well, the stage is set. The deal's been struck. David's going on. So forth and last, the shepherd boy slays the giant. Verses 40 through 58. And he took his staff in his hand, and he chose for himself five smooth stones in the brook, and put them in the shepherd's bag, and the pouch in which he had. And the sling was in his hand, and he drew near the Philistines. And the Philistine came and began drawing near to David, and the man who bore the shield went before him. And when the Philistines looked about and saw David, he disdained him. And he was only a youth, ruddy and good looking. So the Philistines said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistines cursed David by his God. And the Philistines said to David, Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with sword and with spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, who you have defiled. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And in this day I will give the carcasses of this camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all the assembly shall know that the Lord is saved, neither by sword nor spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and He will give you into our hands. And so it was when the Philistines rose and came near the, to meet David, that David hurried and ran towards the army to meet the Philistine. And David put his hand into his bag, took out a stone, and he slung it and struck the Philistine in the forehead. And so the stone sank into his forehead, and he fell his face to the earth. And David prevailed over the Philistine in the sling and the stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. But there was no sword in his hand of David. Therefore, David ran and stood over the Philistine, took his sword, drew it out of his sheath and killed him and cut off his head. And when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they fled. And the rest of the scriptures tell us Israel regained courage. They fled after uh, the enemy and David, verse 54 says, took the head of the Philistine and brought it to Jerusalem, but he put the armor in his tent. (laughs) So he took his trophy with him. Now, this sounds crazy, but notice that God's weapon were unique. A sling and a stone. David was the instrument. David's enemy belittled him and felt insulted as a little kid coming out against a dog with sticks. And David accepted the challenge declaring... That he came against the giant in the name of the Lord, not his own. He took his head off, the symbol of authority, decapitating him. And he gave courage to Israel to pursue the enemy. Who is this man, Saul said to Abner, his general, in verse 56 on down. And he tells him that he's David, the son of Jethi, the Bethlehemite. Pondering this young man, thinking but not seeing that it was God. How interesting. This was David, the giant slayer, because he walked with God. He used the training of God. He knew about it. And so, here's the threefold picture. 
the shepherd, tender, the minstrel player and armor bearer, and the giant slayer. Pastor Xavier Reese, summarizing the first three characteristics we find in the subject of our series on David. Now, today's study is titled David Part One and is available on CD for just $4. Everything we shared last time will be included as well, so it makes a convenient way to study the message more in depth and at your own pace. So the title to ask for once more is David Part One, or simply mention today's date. Request yours by writing Simple Truths. 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us monitor the effectiveness of our broadcast ministry. And then join us for more on the life and times of David, the man after God's own heart, on the next Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com